Hello, 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 and welcome back to Hollywood Hero. I'm your host, Layla Palmer, and today I'm back with a podcast where I delve into the lives of the entertainment industry's most acclaimed personalities. This is not my third time in a row trying to do this intro, because every time I try to do this intro, I just keep rambling for like five minutes. Um, and I'm rambling about the fact that we are now one year into pandemic COVID life, and it's just very strange, a very strange feeling. And I'm just gonna end it there, because if I talk any more about it, I will go on for five more minutes. And there's really not much more else that I have to say other than it's a really weird feeling, and things will hopefully start to go back to normal soon when more people start to get vaccinated and more people start to get immune because of vaccination. So that's all I have to say. And that's all I have to say because I will start rambling again and I can't have that happen. (laughs) So next, I'm going to talk about the very disappointing event that happened last night. I'm recording this on Wednesday, so this was last night. But it happened last night in Atlanta, Georgia. A very disgusting, repulsive hate crime was committed against three different spas in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, eight people were killed, and it's all the way absolutely not okay. Um, I'm pretty sure the media and the news is reporting this as just an incident, when it should be reported as a hate crime, because that's really what it is. There's no way that the intention of the suspect, who I'm not sure what the person's name is, I know that he's been arrested, there's no way that the intention wasn't to target Asian Americans. There's no possible way that he went to three different spas, massage parlors, I think they were specifically, um, targeted in the same night by the same person, and that's not a coincidence. It's very upsetting, and I can't imagine what the Asian American community is feeling right now and how shaken they must be. Um, because it's just, this is devastating. Um, and it's even more devastating for the news to not be reporting it as it is. I stand with the Asian American community. These hate crimes are absolutely disgusting, and they must be stopped. I don't really know much else to say, um, other than that. So, yeah, I guess we should just get on to introducing our guest this week. This week, we have yet another guest. Um, Today, I'm interviewing two people from a band that is perfect for punching the air and driving a little too fast. Broken Baby is a Los Angeles-based modern-day rock band made up of longtime partners Alex Deason and Amber Bollinger. The band formed in 2017, but both Alex and Amber have worked in the entertainment space prior to starting Broken Baby, and I talked with them a bit about those past experiences during the interview. Before we move on to the interview and hear about that, let's take a short break to hear from our sponsor. So I'm here with Alex Deason and Amber Bollinger from Broken Baby. Uh, Hi, and welcome to the Hollywood Hero podcast. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having us. I'm Amber. I'm Alex. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Today we're going to talk a little bit about, I really want to know, um, a bit about what you guys did in your careers before Broken Baby, um, and then, of course, I want to talk about what you guys are doing uh, with the band right now. So, uh, like I said, I want to know the previous work that you've done outside of Broken Baby, so do you mind discussing a few of the things that you've done in your careers before starting the band? 
Um, yeah, yeah, as long as it. as long as <laughs> go for it, Alex. As long as you start with your Wiener Schnitzel commercial. Oh, I did. I did a Wiener Schnitzel commercial back in 2007. Yeah. It was my first commercial that I did when I moved out to Los Angeles. I was going to be a really big actor someday. So why not start with a Wiener Schnitzel commercial where I'm chasing a wiener around a college dormitory and I end up in some dude's bed where I don't grab the hot dog, I grab his wiener. Well, it's implied. <laughs> it is implied. It's not that graphic. But uh, that really just set the stage for the rest of my career <laughs> as an actor. Um, you yeah. entered and exited on a high note. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I definitely, well, I was an athlete for most of my um, early life and early adult life, I guess, um, until I moved out to Los Angeles to quit sports, <laughs> quit athleticism stuff, athletic stuff, and um, pursue acting. And then about 2017 is when we formed Broken Baby. And then I, we, did the band thing i'm constantly just trying new things until i'm dead shouldn't we all be <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely um i was in another band before this called the Damwells, and we toured for a while and made records um and then i was a um like a songwriter and did like co-writing and writing for other artists and then doing some like soundtrack work for, are you gonna tell them the one thing that well everyone... you tell you i told them the embarrassing thing about you right that's why i figured i'd yeah. just interject and say that he did write a justin bieber song that's true yeah mm -hmm. i yeah. think i i feel like i did read a little bit about that <laughs> that you did write for justin bieber i wasn't yeah. sure what song or what but it was called take you yeah it was me and six other idiots yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> wrote one one three minute and 30 second song <laughs> that's a really big accomplishment though anyway continue on with your story right so i did so i did this co-writing thing for a while um and then um i started uh, doing more production work like produce, producing records for other bands uh and then i did some solo records and then um and then we formed broken baby yeah yeah um, so Broken Baby started, you said you formed the band in 2017, but uh, you guys knew each other before then? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we knew each other... Uh, I guess 10 years. 10 years. Before we started Broken Baby. That's right. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, you're right. Wow, because we met in 2007. Yuki yeah. wants to say 2006, but I'm pretty sure it was 2007. We have conflicting stories, but it no, I think you're it's around me. <laughs> I'm giving up. Yeah. I'm giving so up. what made you want to form the band? frustration yeah donald trump anger yeah i mean i think that defeat i mean for amber i know that she was feeling pretty defeated by you know being in and trying to be a working actor and i was feeling pretty defeated by being trying to be a working you know musician um and the music that i was making at the time was not very it was like very introspective and sort of dumb and, no, I, and I it wanted was to make, but I but I wanted to like start it. doing things that felt a little bit more cathartic, immediately cathartic. And also, we both like grew up listening to punk rock music, and mm -hmm. it's a weird thing that happens where like it almost feels like punk rock music. As you get older, you look back at your early days of listening to whatever music you listened to in your early days, and you're like, oh, that was like part of my development. And then I moved on beyond that to like <laughs> you know jazz or or contemporary singer-songwriter music or whatever and i and now i'm thinking that like that's all wrong 
it's just that, like you, 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 you should, you know, like, I don't know, whatever, like, struck you when you were a kid is kind of the thing that maybe you should be doing with regard to, like, music and art. Because I feel like, I don't know, um, music is for kids, or it's for, it's for, it's, it has, like, a young sensibility it's to like it for your usefulness yes it's like playfulness a, curiosity exactly yeah so all I think the we, words we just kind of went back to what we loved yeah yeah that makes sense i i i understood what you were saying about like it's for your youthfulness because it's something that you 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 can more easily connect to when you can you know kind of like nostalgia and yeah a yeah yeah but also it just has a lot of energy like when you're young and, and you listen to music and feel that feeling for the first time where you connect with a song. Mm-hmm. That's as, I mean, that connective tissue, I feel like, is as strong as, as any connection that you make in the world. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that is true. Also, there's like a, it feels like there's a visceral feeling, I think, when I go back to that visceral feeling when I, like listening to Karen O or Patti yeah. Smith or something, I'm like, oh, there's like some physical reaction that I have from this kind of music. Broken Baby is based in LA. So what was it like starting the band in such a competitive space? Um, because LA is very competitive for musicians, actors, actresses. And did you encounter any bumps in the road because of that? Yeah, we should move. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, it's, it is, it is like a very competitive place, but you know, so is New York and so is Austin. And I don't know, but you're right. There is a, I don't, we're trying to, I guess it's competitive because there's, I don't know, is there like a singular like community that comes together? Because there's only so music? many venues and there's way That's more true. bands than there are venues. There's way, there's so many bands and so much different kinds of music to listen to. I mean, you can have like your biggest fan in the whole wide world could come to every show, but if like, but they're also the biggest fans of like 10 other bands. So it's like, you you know, it's hard to get everyone um gathered in one night that's for sure yeah like the economics of it are competitive because <laughs> economics just breed competition but yeah. but the actual like making of music which is what we spend 99 percent of our time doing making and playing music um that's not competitive at all it's really beautiful and inclusive and you know yeah. community-based so yeah the we'll only just... competitiveness oftentimes is just like when you get on social media and you're just comparing yourself to the other bands or they're doing this and they're doing that. But if you can just kind of like put blinders on that, it's really easy. Yeah. <laughs> the only time it really gets competitive, it's true. It's like when you're like trying to book a show and there's mm-hmm. like, well, there's another band that, that has that night or, yeah. you know, there's another band playing across town and, oh, I guess maybe we should, we should combine those two, those two shows into one show. And, yeah. You know, like a transformer. Yeah. But I guess it's, but there's always bumps along the way in anything uh, creative out here. I mean, yeah pick a category and it's just like everybody's doing it and now everybody's like also not just in music but they're also an actor and they're also a producer and they're a director and like everyone wears all the hats <laughs> so that's LA yeah. and you mentioned that there there are more bands or musicians than there are venues and I've never been to LA so I don't really know um I would never know that there aren't that many venues or places i would assume that there are so many because it's la yeah. so i i know it's just different well, than what i assumed yeah well, there are i mean there's venues to play there's definitely a lot of stuff what is cool about la is like you can since it's nice all year round like people can play in someone's backyard if the neighbors don't mind and you know there's like house shows and stuff i mean 
obviously the pandemic changed things. So there's like little DIY venues that open up and close and uh, open back up again and close and move around. And, um, but you know, uh, there are so many bands <laughs> and musicians and artists here though. So they, they ultimately just, you know, outnumber the venues anyway especially now i don't even know what's going to be open when it comes back yeah after the pandemic i can it's probably even less venues and probably yeah. more bands we just need <laughs> to befriend more people with bigger backyards yes so this question i'm mainly asking because of alex's past experiences with songwriting um for other artists so you've written songs for artists and i i'm getting this off of wikipedia so please tell me if i'm wrong um but mm-hmm. Uh, but you've written songs for other artists such as Sarah Bareilles, Christina Perry, Justin Bieber, like you've said. Um, and these musicians definitely have very different styles than Broken Baby. So do you prefer to write for pop music or for Broken Baby that is more in the genre of like rock? Um, well, some of the people you listed, um, I, I have written songs for and they have been released by those artists. And then the rest of them are just people that I've worked with or written songs with, with which were never released okay. like. I wrote a song for Sarah Bareilles that was never released and a song with Christina Perry that was never released. But um, I mean, I, I think what I liked most about writing songs, period, after after the Damn Wells, my, my last band broke up um, and I moved into writing songs with other people because I'd always written songs by myself and then I would bring them to the band and then the band would like interpolate them and arrange them and make them our own, which was a really fun and unique process. But then when you're writing songs with other people, it's very weird because it's sort of like, and I this is not my uh, comparison, but I always liked it. It's like it's like making porn, <laughs> right? You walk into a room, <laughs> and then here comes the other person in the room. You both know you have to have sex with each other on camera. <laughs> and you're both sort of awkwardly like, hey, hi, my name is... And when you're writing with someone that you've never met before i know it's a ridiculous i love it metaphor but i love it it's kind of a cool analogy and i and it definitely makes it more understandable okay good it's that uncomfortable and i wish i I wish i had made it up but i didn't um and i can't remember who did but someone smarter than me so you walk into the room with someone that that you're about to write a song with and you're sort of like hi nice to meet and then you have to sort of like lay it bare you know what are we going to write about you know um, and as much as you might try to be academic about it, like, oh, well, this artist is looking for this kind of song. Like, you know, at the time when I was writing a lot of songs, it was like, oh, like, um, you know, Katy Perry's looking for like empowerment songs. We'd be like, okay, like, how, what are some like ways we can like craft a, a intelligent song about empowerment? And then even you, though you may try to be like, okay, we're just doing this thing. If you're in the room with another like with another writer, especially if that, that writer is a woman, they're they're going to have those feelings that you're describing in the song, and I think it's that that's the creative process that then pulls more and more out of them and more and more out of you, and you start to get closer and closer in like this intimate art space. So I think that ultimately, whether it's you know pop songwriting or writing with Broken Baby, um, I just like that it's sort of like where you get to extend a bit of yourself and meet that other person's extension of themselves and come together in this intimate space for art. That's so what I like. Regardless of genre. Yeah. <laughs> I, just like the experience. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. I mean, there's been many times where the experience is horrible, where the other person is like unwilling to either. Don't we know? <laughs> 
where the other person is unwilling to collaborate or they're just shut down and they're not they're you know too shy or or most times they're they're too combative or you know because art is a tough thing that might have been me to make <laughs> well, <maybe. laughs> but like you know when you're working with someone and and they're they have an idea and you're like huh well what about this idea you know ideas in the art space are like you know they're very precious and i feel like it's, it's pretty hard for a lot of people even including me to say like oh, okay your idea is better than mine you know so it can be really hard uh, I, I, I kind of get what you're saying. Like the compromise of ideas. Is that what you're trying to say? Okay. Yeah. When, yeah. When you're working with other people, I think it sometimes is hard to like, art is so attached to self identity. that It's hard to be like, yeah, your idea is better than mine. You know, that's a hard place to get to, but it's pretty liberating. Yeah. Uh, so you guys are a couple. Am I correct? Yeah. 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 So since you guys are a couple, does it ever get complicated working together and being this duo together or does it make things better? I'm, I would actually say I'm surprised that even our relationship has probably gotten better oh, yeah. since we started working with each other. And even in the pandemic, like we haven't left each other's side in a year, which is bizarre. And we like rewrote some of our album that we're releasing later uh, this year, uh, five or some new songs. Um, so we've had to like work together and be together. And it's the whole thing. Like we're just glued to each other. Um, but I think it's been really great. I don't, I don't yeah. have any complaints. No, it's been great. Yeah. 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 Surprisingly. Well, you guys look happy. So I'm not surprised. <laughs> we do like each other. Yeah. We do. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> I suggest everyone write with their with their significant other. Yeah. See how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you just mentioned a new upcoming album, but this next question is about the album you released in 2018. Mm -hmm. um, so that was your self-titled debut album, and it is really good. I listened to it all of yesterday, um, so it's great. Um, and Thank this you. is about the first track on the album so that first track is titled year of the fat man um and that has some pretty inspiring lyrics at the beginning and they're repeated a few times so they go i'm not the problem the problem is society society takes the problem and the problem gets solved so do those words relate to something specific like a specific event or is it just general can you explain the meaning behind those words i feel like it's definitely more general and i think it's like the expectations that we put on society of solving our problems but is it society's problems or is it our problem am i part of the problem or is it society's problems basically i think it's definitely general and you could probably apply it in a lot of situations i also think that being a political band in 2017 which is when we were writing it being a political band in 2017 yeah. was kind of a hard place to be because the problem was so large mm -hmm. right and the problems were so large yeah that it seemed like the best place to start was not out there, but in here, mm -hmm. you know, like, so I think a lot of what those lyrics are doing, or at least what they intended to do was to say, the first part sort of like this, like, I'm not the problem, the problem's out here. Right. And then when it comes around the second time, it's like, I am the problem. The problem is me. The problem is me. And yeah. if I want to fix the problem, it has to start here. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, especially like in 2020 with being in a pandemic and then the murder of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and all these other things that were happening is that it felt like so frustrating because you wanted to go out there and be like, and a lot of people did mm -hmm. um, safely, but, but I think a lot of people also didn't because they were afraid because of a pandemic, which is totally 
natural. Mm -hmm. And so it felt frustrating to be stuck in here mm -hmm. and to not be able to fix the problem. And so I think that we saw a lot of people identifying the problem here because they were forced to do that because they couldn't because they couldn't go out and fix the problem out there. And I think that um, I think that's a really good thing. Um, we try to practice that as a political band of being, you know, identifying problems, but then also trying to be aware of how we contribute to those problems. Right, the introspection of it all. Yeah, you mentioned it relating kind of to 2020 and, and it being an election year. And I really, I, I was also going to mention that because 2020, not only was it an election year, but everything that came with it, you know, the all of the protests and, you know, the pandemic also, I mean, it was just everything together collectively was really insane. And I really do think that those lyrics really can be applied to everything that happened this year as well. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. It is kind of amazing how it, that I, it's sad that this problem never goes away and it's, it's, it's almost, it's not specific, but it is <laughs> right at the same time. Cause you can apply it in so many, like pick a year, you know? Um, yeah, that, uh, yeah. That's great. But I think I'm glad that you took some. But like looking that. into 2021 now and seeing how aware people are of, of of their participation in, you know, the systematic racism in this country, it's yeah. it's pretty hard. Like the conversation pre previous to 2020, even with my mm -hmm. own family members, oh, right. would have been like, "Well, I'm not racist. I didn't do that. I didn't create that system." Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of those people, sadly not all of them, are now saying, "I oh. I see that there's a problem." Yeah, and I see that that in many ways I have contributed to it, even though I didn't mean to, you know. And that's like a, that's a big place to be because now you can see, uh, it's all laid bare. You know, it's all pretty obvious that you know the treatment of people based on either their color of their skin or the people they choose to love or their gender, or their wage. Yeah, yeah, is really it's it's pretty clear how different we treat people like that in this country. Yeah, yeah. And I think also part of what you said about people starting to realize, oh, well, that I am part of that, you know, problem is choosing to or not doing something about it actively is making you, you know, part of that. And so, yeah, some, yeah and, and a lot of people don't realize that not actively doing something makes you part of that. So, right. Yeah, exactly. And it's pretty obvious when you're benefiting from the system and other people are are actually being hurt by this, by whatever that system is you know that the system is, is wrong. Yeah. And there's a lot of that, a lot of that going around this year. A lot of people realizing and speaking up and. Yeah. People that, I mean, even again, back to the family members, people in my family are actually saying like, uh, like uh, having aha moments and having to actually uh, admit maybe that they were wrong <laughs> about things. And um, wow. It's, must be comforting to them but it's comforting for everyone else to hear that this is way long overdue yeah way yeah yeah well that was my last question and I, I think that's kind of a perfect place to to end it um thank you guys so much for that was awesome do you guys have anything you want to add any uh any takeaways should we sing a song no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> Your mind is a junk drawer. It is. I, <laughs> I have been craving some sweets lately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, where is this guy?
Yeah. No, we have no, nothing, we have nothing more to say. No. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you guys. That was awesome. I really, really enjoyed talking to you. Um, yeah. And Broken Baby is awesome. I love your music. I definitely, I mean, You're the Fat Man, the song that we were just talking about. I mean, I really did have like thoughts after listening to that. And I listened to it a few times and, and it really does. Oh, um, that's great. Yeah. So that's it's great. a fun song to play live too, because people really get into it. Like whether you like this, like the music or not, people are all just like middle fingers flying everywhere and just singing near the fact. It's just like an exorcism almost. It feels like when that song is performed live, which is really fun. Yeah, I think that's the point. <laughs> well, thank you both so much for taking the time to talk to me. If you want to stay updated with Broken Baby, follow them on Instagram at Broken Baby Baby. And on that note, we've reached the end of the episode. Thank you all so, so much for listening. And thank you again to Alex and Amber for joining me. If you want to stay updated on the Hollywood Hero Podcast, follow me on Instagram at Hollywood Hero Pod. And I will see you next episode. Bye. Thank you.